Owen, time to start learning Torah. Here we go. Dafyud Beis in Mesechah's Made Cotton. We are on the very top line. We have a daf ahead of us with a, a number of different topics. All right, all pertaining to the laws of Chol Hamayed. Very, very practical daf ahead of us, where we're really going to learn that when it comes to Chol Hamayed, it's really a yomtiv. Cholamite is not a break from Yamtif. Cholamite is really a Yamtif. However, in some small ways, you know, the, it's treated uh, it's treated as Chol. And there, in a way, we're going to see a lot of similarities between the halachas of Cholamite and the halachas of Shabbos and Yamtif. So here we go. Before we start the first words, I want to introduce um, the topic with a reminder. And that is, in halacha, there are two primary ways that I can hire someone to work for me, or somebody can hire me to work for them. One way is as a schir yom. A schir yom, we'll call it, you're paid by the hour. Okay. The other way is what we'll call a kablan. A kablan. What's a kablan? Literally translate as a contractor. A kablan is somebody who's hired by the job, not by the hour. I pay you to get the job done. I don't care if it takes you an hour. I don't care if it takes you 250 hours. Our contract states you will get the job done. One very practical difference in halacha between the schir yaim, somebody paid by the hour, or somebody who's paid by the job as a contractor is, and this is going to be the focus initially, when he does the work, is he working for me or working for himself? Because lehalacha, if I sign a contract with a schir yom, he's my worker. Therefore, I cannot tell him to do any sort of work for me. Shabbos, Yom Tev, If he works, it's like I'm working. But if I hire a kablan, a contractor, and I say, go get the job done. Everything that he does, lehalacha, is considered like He's working for himself, and only once he's done is he handing over the product. Therefore, there is room for leniency, particularly on Cholamite we're going to get into, about doing work, let's say, by building me a house. I hire a contractor to build a house. If he's hired to get the job done, and he's using all of his materials, and all of his things, and his workers, and his... And I just say, listen, by December 31st, I want a house. So is he allowed to work Shabbos Yom Tev and Why not? He's working for himself. He's not working for me. Okay? And then, obviously, there's a gray area, which many of us enter, right? When we have work for our company that needs to be done, I have an employee, they're really paid to do this for the law firm, for the mortgage company, for the financial thing. Uh, how do I work it out, right? So this is going to be the very interesting uh, nitty-gritty of the next conversation. All right, with that introduction, let us get going. Gomer Shmuel. Shmuel says, Mikable When it comes to hiring a, a uh, kablan to do work for me. So, Besaychatchum Aser. You hear this? I hire somebody to work on my property. I say, you get the job done. Can't, so the contractor, who is he working for? Himself. 
He's going to go do, take his own stuff, his own materials, his own workers, get the job done, and then give it over to me once he's done. He's not Jewish. Let him go do his own project. Says, the, says Shmuel, no. If it's inside the tchum, where people from the city will see the work done, and they know it's connected to the Jew, do they know how you hired him? No. So what is this called? Maris Ayan. Even if they're wrong, it's my Messiah. It looks like I'm, do, I'm having work done for me, for me, on Cholomai, which is forbidden. However, chutz l'tchum mutter, outside the tchum is going to be allowed because no one's going to see it. Bottom line is he's a contractor. He's working for himself. Let him go do the work. Amr of Papa. Rav Papa says, let me explain when this is true. That if it's inside the tchum, it's not allowed. Outside the tchum is allowed. If it's outside the Tchum, outside the Tchum means you don't really have a lot of people living around there. Now, outside the Tchum is two Amas away. There's 2,000 Amas away. Not that far. It's three to 4,000 feet outside, right, the, whichever area I live in, okay? He says, listen, if there's no city, Jew, a city with Jews living there close by, that's where we say it depends if it's in the Tchum or not. If there is a city nearby that's near where the contractor is doing his work, even if he's outside the tchum, it's still going to be forbidden because people are going to see and they're going to think that me, they're, they're going to think Tendler hired this guy as a shiriyim. They're not going to know he's hired as a contractor. Maybe he's hired by the hour. That's usher. Doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. And this is such a beautiful, we're not done this, but I just want us to notice. The Torah demands of us not only to do the right thing, but to look good. And not to say everybody else should mind their own business. There is a line where you can tell people, mind your own business. But who decides where that line is? The Torah. Right? So the Gemara here is really helping us define a line. And he's saying, listen, if it's a type of work where it's near people's faces... To see something that potentially looks bad, usher. Okay? Amr of Misharshia. Rav Misharshia says, He says, you should know. Even if it's outside the Tchum, and even if there's no Jews living near there, it's going to be forbidden. The only time we say you're allowed to do work is on Shabbos and Yom Tov. Listen to this. Shabbos and Yom Tov is when you're allowed. You know Why? Jews don't travel on Shabbos and Yom Tif. They stay home, they eat food, and they're home. When every family sits down on Cholamoyed morning and they say to each other, what do you want to do? Another guy says, what do you want to do? He say, I don't know, what do you want to do? And everyone, huh? Huh? So you spend the first five hours of the day trying to decide where to go until finally you decide to go to the St. Louis Zoo or the local park, huh? Or bowling. Or bowling, <laughs> right? So what happens in Cholomai? The shechichi in Azli. People go on Cholomai trips. The Azdu Lahasam, and they could go, they can easily pass by the area where your contractor is working. Usser, it is forbidden, even if the work is taking place not near the Jewish city. Because you're setting yourself up for a possible collision. Between Jews traveling around and, and, uh, and this contractor doing work on the Jews' property. Period. Okay? So what do we have here? Clear. What the Gemara just clarified to us from the statement of Shmuel is, 
There's a difference between how you hire your non-Jewish worker. Is it hired by the Asher Yayim or a Kablan? Number two, it depends whether it's inside the Tchum or outside the Tchum. Number three is, even if it's outside the Tchum, if it's near a Jewish city, it's going to be a problem. And, and then we say, even if it's not near a Jewish city, but on Cholomite, where people walk around, so they're not limited to their city, that's always going to be us. Okay, beautiful Gavaldik. Let's go. Says the Gemara a story. There were, um, there were people who worked for Marzutra, non-Jewish contractors, who worked for Marzutra outside the Tchum on a large house on Shabbos. They built his house, obviously not only on Shabbos, but even on Shabbos. It was outside the Tchum and he allowed them to build the house. Ikler of Safar Vunu Barchina. The Safar Vunu Barchina went to visit him. And they wouldn't go into the house. Okay? They wouldn't go in. You know why? Because some of this work was done on Shabbos. And some say, Marzutra himself, once the house was completed, decided he's not making use of the house. He's no longer making use of it. It was a mistake, as if, says the Gemara, one second. Why is it a mistake? Why wouldn't he make use of the house? Famar Shmuel, Shmuel says, When you hire a contractor, a kablan, inside the tchum is, is a problem, outside the tchum is allowed. So everybody should go into the house. What's the problem? Answer the Gemara, Adam Chashov Shiny. When you're a person of stature, you should even be strict on yourself, even in times outside the tchum where for everybody else it wouldn't be permitted. You know what? Don't have anything done on Shabbos. Not worthwhile. It doesn't look good. It looks like there was work. People heard about it. People did. Another possible answer is, very interesting, and that is Marzutra didn't hire a full-fledged contractor. Usually the way it works by a contractor is the contractor takes care of everything and then afterwards, you know, sends you the bill. And you pay him for his work. Over here, Marzutra himself gave him some of the building utensils. So therefore, he was concerned. It could be even unknowingly. He was concerned after the fact, you know, was this guy a full-fledged kabla? Maybe he's a schiriyayim. So he's a hired worker, hired by the day, hired by the hour. And now he, sh- he shouldn't have worked on Shabbos. So now I got a house that was built on Shabbos. Doesn't feel right to move in there. Okay. Rav Chama Sharulu Laabor Gare de Beresh Galusa Lamevag Lahua Vita Bachel de Mayada Rav Chama allowed the table fixers of the Reish Galusa to fix tables on Cholamite. He let them fix tables. Now, usually, you're only allowed to do you know, this type of work on Cholamite when it's needed uh, specifically for the Yamtif. Okay, so. Over here, it kind of um, it kind of is permitted to do, but the issue is how they're being hired. So Omar, he said, "I'm allowed to have these guys hired and do the work." You know why? Kivan the Agar Loi since they're not getting paid in currency in cash, Sharshuyehu the Kamisharshile. So it's not like real work that's being done. The Leslan Ba, and there's no problem with it. There's no issue. What we see from this Gemara is that the prohibition of having work done for you is when you hire somebody to pay them money. 
But when they're gonna when when you're paying them in other ways, it's going to be allowed. For example, these table fixers were paid with with uh, food and board, so they lived in the house of the Reish Kalusa. They were we'll call them the handymen. They were a living handyman. And that's it, and they would walk around the palace, the homes of the you know of the development of the Reish Kalusa, and they took care of stuff that got fixed. And how were they how were they treated? How are they paid? Room, room, board, and food. That's it. So he says, that's okay. That's not called like you're hiring somebody by the hour and that's allowed. Tana Rabba, the rabbis learned, so should we. You're allowed to have a kablan on cholam mayed. As long as he's going to do the work after mayed. So what do you do? You sit down with somebody in a meeting and you say, listen, uh, Yanko, not Yanko, we're talking about a Nanju. Okay. So we say... To whoever it is with a non-Jewish name, Christopher, okay? You say, listen, Christopher, you, I'm, uh, I'm coming into an agreement with you to build my house after Cholomite. That's okay. As long as you don't do the work of Cholomite. You can come to an agreement of Cholomite. Ubemayid, Aser. But to get into a contract for work to be done on Cholomite... That is also Kolishadavar. Here's the rule. Here's what you got to keep in mind. La halacha says the Gemara Koshu Aisa Aimer Lenachri. Anything you're allowed to do by yourself, you're allowed to tell a Nachri to do. V'chosha Ina Aisa Ina Aimer Lenachri. Anything you're not allowed to do, you're not allowed to tell a Jew to non, a non-Jew to do either. So if I can't work on Cholamayit, I can't tell a non-Jew to work on Cholamayit. If I'm allowed to work after the Mayit, I can come into agreement with a, with a guy to work after the Mayit. Which, by the way. This is the halacha by Hulcha Shabbos, practical. Amir la'akum. Okay? What are you allowed to tell a non-Jew? Let's say you, you have house help. Somebody comes to help clean the house, straighten up, um, help out. What are you allowed to ask a guy, a Shabbos guy, to do for you on Shabbos? La halacha. You're only allowed to ask them to do things that you yourself are allowed to do. You're not allowed to ask them to do anything that you're not allowed to do. Okay? Now, once that you're allowed to ask them, they could do it in a way that's easier for them. So for example, classic example is going to be dishes. You have cleaning help that comes over every day, even on Shabbos, whatever. Or it comes over twice a week, once a whatever it is. Okay. So am I allowed to wash my dishes with cold water on Shabbos? Yeah. Right? If I need it for Shabbos, it's not a chana. It's Friday night. I'm going to my Shabbos lunch meal or Shabbos lunch. I, you know, I need it for Shabbos. I, I, I need it off, dirty off my counter, whatever. I could rinse it with cold water. What are you going to scrub it with? Your hand. Any issue? Cold water? Use my hand, rinse off a glass, no problem. Therefore, I'm allowed to tell a guy, wash the dishes. And then the guy, on their own, to make it more convenient for them, could use hot water, soap, a sponge. They could do all that. That's the malacha they're allowed to do. Because since I can do the same thing and accomplish the same thing, so I can ask them to do it, but they're allowed to do it in a more convenient way. That's for them. That's the, that's the halacha, and that's what we're saying about here on Cholamayid as well. Glad to come into an agreement on Cholamayid for work done after Cholamayid, as long as Shalayim died, you don't get into the nitty gritty. Literally means don't get into the measuring, Vishalayishkol, and weighing, or Yimnan, counting, Kedarakshu Aisibachayil. In the way that it's done during the week. In other words, very often, when you go into an agreement with a contractor, everything, excuse me, everything is spelled out, 
right? Like Rachel, your youngest daughter. Yaakov Avinu didn't want love and playing games with him, right? So you spell everything out clear. This is what this is going to cost. This is what that is what's going to happen now. What's going to happen next? How much are you charging me for the wool? How much are you charge me for the drapes? Each tile. What's happening? He says, you can go into a contract, but to get into the nitty-gritty specifics on Cholamayid, that's called Uvda Dechayu. And you have to wait until after Cholamayid to get into these types of specifics. Period. End of that conversation for now. Another halacha of Chol Hamayid. Tonu Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, and so should we. You're not allowed to mate animals on Cholamayid. Now, it's very important to explain right here what it means to mate. Can animals mate themselves on Cholamayid? We're going to see soon. Of course, you don't need to stop your animals from mating. But there are certain animals, I don't know which ones, I'm not uh, too into the animal industry other than the milk, okay? Um, but there are certain animals, they need a little bit of chizuk mounting the males to mount the females to mate them. So you're not allowed to actively have these species of animals get them, actively get them to mate on Cholamayid, okay? Why? Because it's a lot of effort, it's not, it's not a Cholamayid dick activity, okay? And similarly, this is not a halach of Cholamayid, but similarly, we'll show you something that's forbidden by animals, you're not allowed to have a Bechar animal that's redeemed, or Psulia Magdashim that's redeemed also, uh, have, them, um, have them mate. You can't actively mate them, you're not allowed to put them to work or put them to mating. Again, not as far as Hilchus Cholomayr, but that's a general halacha for Hilchus Bechar and Psulia Magdashim. Tani Yidach, we learned in the Bible similarly, you should not actively mate your animals on Cholamayr. Rabbi Yudam Yudu says as follows. A very interesting halacha. And he says it depends. Chamayr Shatova. He says if you have a female donkey that very much is teveya the male. Which means she needs to mate right now. He says Rabbi Yehuda, Marvian Allah Zachar. Then... You can actively go get a male donkey to go mate with the female. Why? Listen to this. Rashi explains. Bishwosalaitan literally means so that she doesn't cool down. Now, what this means practically is as follows. It seems a female donkey, when she wants to mate, has a tremendous need. And if that need is not met, she will not mate for a long time. You either take care of me now, or I'm done for the year. Okay? Says Rabbi Yehuda, so by a female donkey, you're allowed to, you're allowed to go get the male and actively have the mate. You know, you know why? Because otherwise it's a double ha'avid. It's going to cause a financial loss to the owner. Okay? However, shalkar behemoths, when it comes to other animals, machris and I say, le bekares. Then, you just bring them into their bakares, uh, bring them into their barns, their corrals, their pens, and you're not allowed to actively mate them, but you're allowed to have them mingle with each other, and if they mate on their own, that's fine. Tana Rabban, the rabbis learned, and that's why they are rabbis. You're not allowed to uh, bring animals into a specific area on Shabbos, Yom Tev, for because... Um, um, because you want their 
dung. You want their um, manure to fertilize the field. But if the animals walk onto your field and they, you know, and they bring you ready-made uh, fertilizer, uh, manure, so that's going to be okay. But you're not allowed to help them you know, go to a particular part of your field or your field. You're also not allowed to um, hire a, a not-Jewish person uh, to uh, take care of the sheep of a non-Jew. Okay? If, let's say, you have somebody who's hired by the week, the month, the year, or seven years, then you are allowed to help. Okay? Because why? This gets into a very interesting halacha where there's times when a non-Jew is allowed to do work for the Jew as long as it's really fully his decision when to get it done. A classic example of this is going to be cleaners. Are you allowed to bring your suit to the cleaners um, two days before a yomtif? When you know that the cleaners tells you, listen, you know, we'll have it back for you in five days. Now, really, it's up to the cleaners could do it within the next 48 hours. They could do it. They're choosing to do whatever they want. So let's say I don't care specifically when it's done. I just need my, my, my clothes clean. Am I allowed to bring my stuff into the cleaners two days before Yom Tif and pick it up after Yom Tif? I'm not talking about Cholomai, picking up a Cholomai. That might also be okay. I'm talking about, you don't have a specific time frame. So I, maybe the cleaners did it on Yom Tif. That's his own cheshman. Right? You just told him, get the job done sometime in the next two weeks. I don't really care when. Okay? This could be an issue by Amazon Prime or overnight shipping. If you send it on Friday, you're really, there's a big shyla. Big, big conversation. You got to ask each time. You, got, I mean, you don't have to ask a, a shyla each time. Once you have a psak, you have a psak. I'm saying each of us should ask, you know, if the Shiloh is ever needed, go to a competent uh, Rav or Paisik, to, is it allowed to, to send something where they're guaranteeing overnight? You let it do that on Friday. You're really directing the non-Jew clearly that they have to, by contract, you know, uh, deliver it on time. Okay. But over here we're dealing with, there's no, they're hired by the week, the month, the years, seven years. You're even allowed to give them a shomer to um, to guard their flock. Okay, you're just you're helping them out do their work. Rabbi Rabbi says on Shabbos if a non-Jew wants to have his animal uh, come into the field, so you could do it as a favor. But you can't do it if you expect payment. On Yom Tif, you could pay them back with food, but not with money. You can even pay them for the, uh, with, actually with money. You never asked him in the first place to do it. So now that he did it, okay, you can compensate him. Amr Bezev, Rebezev says, the bottom line halacha is like Rebbe. That if you have a non-Jew that comes to help out on a Shabbos, Yom Tif, Ultimately, you're allowed to pay them for the work. Rebbe gives different ways that the payment should be made. Period. End of that Gemara. Okay, here we go. Next Mishnah. This Mishnah is a really continuation of the, the Mishnah beginning of the Perak. 
on Yud Aleph Amud Beis, 11b. The Mishnah beginning of the parak spoke about um, olives, right? We spoke about turning over olives and olives in the vats, okay? This Mishnah is really a continuation of that, and we're going to give the same exact machlaikas, same conversation, except we're going to be dealing with grapes. So here we go. V'chein, similarly, okay? So we're similarly what? Similarly on, you know, it's a continuation of the previous Mishnah, the same Mishnah. If a person has his wine inside of a pit, what does it mean it's in a pit? It's ready to... Um, you know, it's just been pressed. It's coming out, putting it in the vat. It's about to go into the vat. In, into the vat, the eroi evil, and he now becomes um, he now becomes an oval. He's not allowed to do work. Ayinus, or an accident happens, and he's not able to pour the grape juice. Ay shehetuhu, or he's relying on a worker to show up, and his worker didn't show up. You could do what needs to be done in the usual way. Fill up the vats, take care of your, of your juice so it could turn into wine and seal it properly and so on and so forth. Otherwise, it's going to cause a big loss. Divi Rabbi Yaisi, is a pin of Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi says, That you can only do it in an unusual way so that it doesn't get ruined, but you're not allowed to take care of it fully in the regular manner, which actually was the same as we had on Yud Aleph Amud Beis, the previous Amud, when it came to olives. So the same Machlekes by olives, we're saying here by grapes, and the Gemara is now going to ask, in classic Gemara fashion, why do you got to tell me the same Machlekes by olives and grapes? Once I know one, I would assume it's by the other. Let's go. Says Gemara Tzricha, no. Each machlekas is needed. The Ashmina Kamaisa, if we would have only discussed the olives, but the machlekas, I would say, by Hikama Rabbi That's Rabbi Yaisi says you can do your, your regular avoda, your regular work. Mishum, the Mishcha Nafesh Psidei, because olive, uh, olive oil is very expensive. All right? So you got, we'll, we'll be more lenient over there. Avochamra, when it comes to wine, the Lai Nafesh Psidei, yeah, it's not such a big loss. It's not such a big loss. Wine doesn't cost as much. So, maybe Rabbi Yaisi would agree with Rabbi Yehuda that you're not allowed to do it in the usual way. You can only do it with a shinoi. And if we would have only said the machlaikas when it comes to the grapes, that's where Rabbi Yehuda is strict and says you can't do it in the usual way. But by the oil, maybe he agrees with Rabbi Yaisi that, um, that it is allowed because... Uh, by the oil, we said there's a uh, it costs a lot more money. There's a greater there's a greater loss. Shricham and Mela, we need a machlekes both by the wine and by the oil. Amar Bisak Bar Abar Bar says Man Tano Who's the Tana that holds that on Cholamay? You got to make a shinoi if you're doing work when something will be lost. Now remember, we learned previously. Rabbi Yaisi says if it's a davar ha'avid, you can just do it in the usual way. Over here we see if it's Davar Ha'avid, yeah, you got to do it in an unusual way, like Rabbi Yaisi. It's not going to be Rabbi Yaisi, because Rabbi Yaisi clearly in the Mishnah by the olives and the Mishnah by the grapes that we just learned, says, do it in the usual way. You don't need to do anything different. Okay. Am Rabbi Yaisi, halacha Rabbi Yaisi, the halacha is like Rabbi Yaisi. They asked the Shaila searching for information. From Rabbi Nachman Bar Yitzchak, they asked him, Ma'ol Meshach Avisa, the Shechra, is it permitted to seal 
a wine barrel b'choyle demayado on cholamoyir amar lohu. He said Sinai, my uh, the the Sinai, which is referring to Rabbi Yosef, who had a tremendous amount of bekis throughout Tyra. So Sinai. Lost the place. Sinai says, So you're allowed to close up the barrel in the in the usual way. You had to close up barrel of beer and cholamite? Says absolutely. Says not necessarily. Maybe Rebbe only allows you to seal the barrel in the usual way by wine. Does he say by beer? Says the Gemara, one second. What's the difference between wine and beer? Chamra, by the wine, time of my wasis, Rebbe allows the usual clo- uh, closing of the barrel. It's a, if you don't do it in the usual way, you can cause a big loss of, of money. So beer also costs money. There's also a tremendous have said to Amr Abaye, as Abaye says, Amrali Aim, my mother told me. Now Abaye was an orphan, but the woman, his mother, is referring to the mother that raised him. Bar shis save v'sheva. You have a six barrel, and that's closed. Machar tamne v'loyshea. It's better than an eight saw barrel that is open. So anything that's closed properly, automatically is going to retain its value, uh, or if not, go up in value. And therefore, the same way, you're not going you're not to take a loss on anything, it's the same way you're allowed to seal a wine, you're allowed to seal beer. Amr Chama Barguri, Amr Rav, says the name of Rav, Hilchas Mayed, Kihilchas Kusim Kalacha, the halachas of Chol HaMayed, is a very important statement, are like the halachas of the Kusim. Okay. What's a Kusi? These are the guys that like pick and choose. They pick and choose which halachas. But when they choose a halacha, oh boy. They are firm. Right? We don't, we don't like the, the kuy. In halacha, you have to learn how to, I'm not going to say dance, but you have to know how to dance. You have to know when to be mitzdarev, different, different areas of logic to create. They are very by the books, by the boom, boom, boom. So what Rav Chama Goria is quoting Rav means is that Hilchas Cholamayid are very specific. Just because you have a halacha in one situation does not mean you could apply that halacha to a different situation. You need absolute firmness and clarity and separation in halachas. The Mai Hilchas, as far as which halacha, why are we so concerned to say it like this? Amar of Daniel Barkatina, Amar Rav, Daniel Barkatina says the name of Rav, Laimar Shehein Akuris. Letting us know the halachas of Cholamayid are like a woman that don't have children. Okay? It's just her and her husband. The only mudais zumizu. And they can't be learned one from the other. Okay? You have a woman and her husband. The, what, when are the, the children are a combination of, hus, of, of husband and wife. That's a combination. If there are no children, so there's nothing combined after them. So it's like the woman and the husband. Two separate things, and you're not learning out further halachas that are combined. Yom HaShmuel, Zayfsim Kusa, Ve'in Zayfsim Chavisa, you're allowed to, uh, you're allowed to be Zayfes. You're allowed to um, um, put um, various types of, uh, various layers of coating, of protection, inside of the barrel, 
I'm sorry. You're, yeah, you're allowed to coat, coat the inside of a of a um, jug, but you're not allowed to coat the inside of a barrel. Does that make any sense? Why would I be allowed to close? Why, why am I permitted to coat the inside of a jug and not the inside of a barrel? What's the, what's the svara? Rav Dibi min ar da'amar zayfzeh No, coat the barrel, not the jug. What do you mean? What's an afkamina? Again, same thing. First guy says jug, no barrel. Barrel, no jug. What's going on? Mar chayish lepseida. Mar chayish letircha. One madi omar says the overriding factor on cholamayid is pseida. Okay? And therefore, you're allowed to coat to protect a barrel, but not a jug. Because a jug, what do you have? 16 ounces. A barrel's got uh, 10 gallons. So the, the overriding factor when deciding what's been a cholamayid is how much value am I going to lose? Okay, Umar Chayyim says no. It's a matter of effort is the overriding thing, and therefore it's a lot easier to coat a small little jug than it is a barrel. Maybe that's allowed. Bottom line is, you see from here that just because you have halacha in one place does not necessarily mean you have halacha in different places. You really have to know what is uh, greater or lower when it comes to application, which is a very important message in life. Right? There's a lot of things to balance, and there's pros and there's cons. Eh? But ultimately, what we need to learn and figure out you know, from our, from our Hela Gitaira and from our Rabbeim, from our Mesora, exactly how to balance out, uh, you know, how to prioritize. What's going to fix our cracks? Right? When it comes to fixing the crack, what, what, what's, you know, what's stopping that? Amr Abai. Abai says, Naktinan, we learn Tilchas Mayed, Kehokashavas. The halachas of Cholamayed are Aser, the same way as the halachas of Shabbos, top of Amid Beis, Yesh Mehem Potter Avil Aser, in that some halachas of Cholamayed are forbidden, even though if you do it, you're not chay of anything in this world. And some things are Mutter Lechatchila. Okay. Rav Huna in other words, there's Variables, you have to know what's what. Rav Huna harvested Rav Huna's things on Cholamayid. Okay. Um, now, says the Gemara, Eisvei Rabbi Bar Rav Huna Rav Huna, so Rabbi Rav Huna said to Rav Huna, um, who harvested, he's like, uh, excuse me, my dear Tate, you're allowed, to, you're allowed to be teichen, you're allowed to grind up flour on chalamayid if you need it. You can't do it if it's not chalamayid. Something that's going to be a loss of principle, also you're allowed to do on chalamayid. But something that's not going to cause a loss of principle, Asr is not allowed. When do we say these rules? Once it's separated from the ground. Something that's attached to the ground. Even if it's going to cause a tremendous loss of money, of principle, it's going to be Asr. But if there's a halacha that if somebody doesn't have what to eat, then your mom is allowed to do anything. As long as you don't do the, the dosh, with the cows, okay? Bottom line is, he wants to know why, Rav, why his father, Ravuna, was permitting things to be harvested. That's the kasha. Before we get into the terrets, I just want to make a point from this brisa. This brisa just taught us that there are many malachos, many acts of labor that are forbidden, okay? But if somebody needs it for work, 
it's permitted to hire them. You see what the price says? I, th- there's somebody who doesn't have food for Yamtif. Is he allowed to hire himself out to another Jew to work the field? Yeah, because you need money to buy food for Yamtif. So for you, it's a Tzarek Yamtif. You can go to work. But look at the Brisa. The Brisa says, I can hire a Jew. Not that the Jew can go looking for work when he needs money for Yamtif. It's also that there's another Jew that's allowed to hire him so that he can work to earn money. What's the obvious question? Why are you hiring him? Give him money. Right? right? Give, him, give him money. If you're not supposed to work, the guy's got no food to put on his table, throw him a check. But we say no. What do the prices say? You're allowed to hire him. He's allowed to work for you. I think there's a beautiful limit here. I think there's a beautiful message in this, Bryson. And that message is, you're right. If a person wants to throw the check, it's a mitzvah, he could throw the check. But perhaps it's even greater to allow the person to work for his money. To allow him. Somebody asks for, you know, somebody asks for a handout, give it. But if you know you have an opportunity to give somebody a job and earn a straight up honest living, by plowing the field and, and working, that's fine. I could even hire him. Because that's, that's how he wants to bring his money in. I don't need to, I'm not, I'm not supposed to say to him, I'm sorry, I can't hire you. I prefer to give you tzedakah. The guy says, I prefer to earn an honest living. Yeah? Fascin- it's a fascinating uh, message. I'm allowed to hire the guy. Preferable to have him work. Preferable. I'm, we're, again, we're talking from the employee's vantage point, not the employer. From the employer, again, we could say, listen, give some tzedakah. But from the employee's work, he's saying, I, I want to earn. I, I prefer to work. You're allowed to hire him. It's a mitzvah to hire him. Let that work be done on Cholamite. Okay, beautiful message. But let's get back. What are we explaining? What's the question over here? Rev Huna work the land. We said from over here, even if it's going to cause a loss, not let it work the field. So why is Ravuna allowed? That's the kasha. Amarlei. So, Ravuna said back to his son, Rabbah, you should know that price is only the opinion of a yachid. It's not the accepted halacha. We do not agree with it. Rav Shingmil gave a rule in the name of Rabbi Yaisi. Something got separated from the ground. Even if part of it is going to be lost, mutter. You're allowed to work a cholamayid. I'm a chuber the karka. Was something attached to the ground? I feel like kulei avod. Even if the entire thing is going to be lost, usher. You're not allowed to work your field of cholamayid. Okay, no matter what. Since this is the das yachid, we don't follow this opinion. Says Gemara. One second. If the Tana is Rabbi Yaisi, why did we say you're allowed to hire somebody to do all these that? You can't hire the cow. You're not allowed to hire the paris. You can't hire the oxen to pull the plow. Is that true? Amar of Yisak Barab, Yisak Barab says, Who's the Tana who holds? You need to do make a shinoi when it's going to cause a loss of principle. It wasn't Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi Yaisi said, you got to do it in the usual way. It was only Rabbi Huda. To like Rabbi Yaisi, it's not Rabbi Yaisi. Now, now we're in a dilemma. Yeah? Here's the dilemma. Is the Tana Rabbi Yaisi or not? Why? 
Because according to the halacha, which states you're not allowed to use the cows, that cannot be the opinion of Rabbi Yaisi. But the problem is, in the first part of the b'risa, we said Rabbi Shem gave a rule in the name of Rabbi Yaisi that anything attached to the ground is mamish also, right? And if it's, if it's detached, so then uh, is mutter, the whole thing, huh? is it Rabbi Yaisi or not? Answers the Gemara, Amar Lach, Ravuna is going to say, Hachanami. So too, over here, in this b'risa, where we say that you're allowed to do all the work, but not with the oxen, Rabbi Yaisi will agree with this. You can't use the oxen. Why? Since, on other days, we're not using the oxen. Even now, it's not considered a shinoi. Okay? In other words, in other words not using um, an ox really is more about the look than anything else. It's not the actual avoda on the field. Let's get clarity here. It's not about the actual avoda of the field that's forbidden with the oxen. No. It's if you start plowing your field on Cholamayid, getting into the nitty-gritty, getting into mamish, full-fledged working, where you're even hooking up oxen, it's a problem. By what it looks. It's not a Cholamayid dika thing. Okay? Lahavdo, for example, and I'm going to say this because of our community here in St. Louis, doesn't necessarily apply to other communities. It depends on culture, okay? But let's talk about playing sports on Shabbos for from kids in our community, okay? Reb Aaron lives across the street from me. Reb Aaron seen me many times on my front porch with a little football in my hand, throwing the ball to my kids across the street, right? They want me to throw it high. They want me to throw it far, Shabbos afternoon, what are you doing throwing a football? Okay. So in our neighborhood, it's not a lack of covered Shabbos. It's a, you're playing a little bit of a catch. But to go ahead and everybody go get your sneakers, put on your, uh, put on your football uniforms, let's go have a five on five, and we're going to do it. And that's how you spend Shabbos afternoon. That's not Shabbos, Dick. It's, it's the wrong look. It's, it's, not, it's not appropriate. If you're doing it to connect with other people, to a way to interact with your children, you have a little bit of a cat. It dep- how you do it makes such a makes such a difference. That's the Gemara saying over here as well. The oxen. It's not about making a shino with the plow. It's just that you don't put, hook up your oxen on a on a cholamay to go out with a full fledged plowing. Okay. Tanarabanim. The rabbis learned so should we. You let it grind flour on Cholamayid if you need it for the Yomtif. If it's not needed for Yomtif, you're not allowed to grind. Let's say you ground for the Yomtif and you got extra flour. You can use it, no problem. All right? If extras. You're allowed to cut branches on, on Cholamayid if you need it for the Yomtif. Why do the branches? Firewood. Okay? Uh, but just to go cut um, uh, if you have extra ones or raise them, you could use them. You're allowed to uh, make beer on Cholamayid for Yomtif. But to make beer for after Yomtif is not allowed. Let's say you made beer and you have extra beer. You're allowed to use it as long as Shalai Yaram. Okay? As long as you don't play games. Mm-hmm. That's really what Yara means. You don't trick yourself. 
You don't purposely make more and then say, ooh, it's leftovers. Okay? You make what you can possibly use. But to go ahead and make for 50 people, when you know that you're only three people in the house and you might have one guest, but it's just easier for you to make it on Cholomayr, that's not allowed. Okay. For Amin, you'll ask God's addiction. You're allowed to make beer on Cholomayr for the Yomtev, but not for the Yomtev, is not allowed. This doesn't matter whether you're making the beer from dates or whether you're making it from barley. And even if you already have ready-made beer, you can say, you know what? I don't like my old beer. I'm purposely making new beer. So you see, you're allowed to use ma'ari. You're allowed to use a shtickle shtick over here to make a little extra. Says the Gemara, Tanoi. There's actually a machlaikas Tanoi. It's not a question. It's machlaikas. You're not allowed to be ma'arim with this. You can't play games with this. No shtick. When it comes to cooking on cholamayid for yamtif, you got to stick to mamish what you could possibly need, or basically, no, Marim, once you're cooking, you could just keep uh, making a lot more. Rav, Rav harvested on Cholamayid, Shama Shmuel Ikbid. Shmuel heard about this and he had a problem with it. He didn't like it. Let's say Shmuel holds like the Das Yachid, um, who says that it's usher, always forbidden to do any work on something that's mechubr l'karka, something that's attached to the ground, which we don't paskin like, but let's say Shmuel's found the das yachid. Zigmar, no, no, light. That's not what's happening here. This was talking about harvesting wheat. It would, there wouldn't have been a hefsid if I didn't cut it down now. And that's why he was makbid. He's like, you didn't need to cut it down now. You could have waited till after Yomtif to do this. It was totally unnecessary. Okay? So Shmuel was makbid. says, Rav, you had no right doing this. Says Gemara, it's a valid point. So what's, why, why taka was it done? Why did Rav cut down the wheat on Cholomayit if it wasn't needed? For Rav, my time over, Why did Rav cut it down? He says, He says, listen, it wasn't a matter of losing the wheat if you left it. Yeah? He says, I didn't have what to eat. Yeah? If you don't have what to eat, you can cut it down on Cholomayit. And as far as Shmuel was concerned, he didn't get the full picture of why Rav harvested or Inami. You could say that Shmuel even knew that Rav cut it down and harvested because he had nothing else to eat. But same thing we said earlier in Amar Aleph, Adam Chashov Shiny. Shmuel held that for somebody of Rav's stature, he even should have refrained from harvesting lest people come to think that in general... It is permitted to harvest. Period. Okay. Says the Gemara a story. Rabbi Yehuda Nesiyah. All right? Rabbi Yehuda Nesiyah. Let's get going. What happened with Rabbi Yehuda Nesiyah? Nafak bechumrasa de Medusha. He went, um, he went out bechumrasa de Medusha. He went out wearing a, a ring that had a wooden picture on it. Okay, what was the picture? Madush. So you had, Madush is a type of wood, and he had a metal ring with Madush on it. All right. The Ishti Maya, and he drank water, the Achim Kapela Armaa. Achim is from the word Cham, which was warmed up. 
kapela armoa. The achim kapela armoa. Okay, he he drank water that was heated up by um, somebody from Aram. Shama Rav Ami Ikbid. Rav Ami heard um, that Rabbi Yehuda Nasiya on Shabbos wore a ring and he drank hot water um, cooked by a non-Jew. Stop. This is talking about just Bishul Akum. Okay? Didn't need to be Shabbos. These were two things Rav Ami heard and he wasn't happy with Rav Yehuda Nasiya. Omar Rabbi Yehuda says, My time Ikbid. Why was he Makbid? If it's because um, he felt that the ring uh, shouldn't have been worn on Shabbos. All these different types of rings, earrings, finger rings, nose rings. It's like anything else that's uh, allowed to be moved into a chatzir and therefore it's not mukta. And if it's because he was, uh, um, and if it was, uh, if he had a problem with him drinking the water, that was because of Bishul Akum. That's not a problem. Anything that could be eaten or drank raw, which is Allah Chalamaisa, right? Could you have a non Jew fill up your water urn? For sure. There's no Bishul Akum on water because you could drink water cold. Okay? Anything that's raw. Now, actually, there are those. I shouldn't make such a clear statement. There are those that say hot water is a completely different entity. Than cold water, okay. But so, so uh, you know, there's a lot of things that could be turned into a conversation, into a discussion. Well, let's say like this: cucumbers. People don't eat cooked cucumbers. So you have a non-Jew that cooks a cucumber. Can you eat a raw cucumber? Yeah. So if, can you eat a cucumber that a, a guy cooked? Yeah, no problem. So ask the Gemara: Why was Ravami Makbid of Yudinasiya for drinking the water heated up? Answer the Gemara: Adam Chashuv Shiny. Same answer. So Adam Chashuv. Should have been more careful. If people see you drinking water that was heated up by a non-Jew, they may come to to eat, um, you know, meat that's cooked by a non-Jew. A person's that to cut down a palm tree on even if you don't mamish need the branches, you only want the nasiris, the little twigs or the dust that comes out of the tree. Now. The main avayda, is it being done, what are you walking away with, dust? The, the sawdust that came off the branch? No. Lamaisa, most of the avayda is being done for the actual branch. But since you did that, uh, a lot of avayda, he says, okay. He says, okay, you're allowed to put in all that effort. And Abaye cursed anybody who follows this psak. He completely disagreed. And he says, no. If all you want is a little bit of sawdust, and you got to go through, Mama start chopping down trees for that. He says that's Meshuga, that's Tirchi Yisera, and, um, and it's, it's not allowed. Okay. A story. Ravashi Havale Abba Bishlanya. Ravashi had a Abba, a forest in a city called Shlanya. He wanted to cut down some of the trees on Cholamayid. Okay? He wanted the trees on Cholamayid. Um, and ch- 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 I lost the place. I'm sorry. Okay. Amalei Rav Shira Mishlani Leravashi. Shira Mishlani said to Ravashi, "My daitach, why are you? Uh, you know, why are you uh, cutting it down?" The Kamar of Chana Marav. Chana says, "Hey Marav, cut Adam Dakab Ma'id. First, let it cut down his palm tree on Cholam Ma'id. Afa Pish Einitzarech El Nasarish Shalai. Even if he only needs the dust, is that why you're doing it? 
Halayla Abaye. Abaye cursed out anybody who does this. So you're making a mistake. Omar Lay. sees Ravashad back. I didn't hear that part of the story. That Abaye cursed him out. Yeah, talk a problem. Yeah, Leishmiali. I never heard of that. I didn't hear that. Kalaymar Leishmiali. Or it could mean is, I don't agree with it. Ishtamit Narga Boilemivske Shavya. And as he was having this conversation, Ishtamit Narga, the axe uh, slipped out of his hands. Boi, and it wanted, meaning, what do you mean the axe wanted? It uh, is close, it's a close call. Lemivske Lishake, it was close to cutting his thigh. Shavke Vahadar Asi. So he stopped and he went back home. Okay. He realized that this amount of effort for some of the sawdust is not allowed. Rav Yehuda Yehuda allowed a person to pull out uh, his flax, and to cut hops, is translated like this, and to um, also uh, reap, harvest, pull out sesame seeds. Okay. I understand why the flax is allowed because the flax could be used on cholamayid. It could be used for protection. You could, uh, uh, um, Rashi explains, you could lay it out over your fruits. Kishusa chazi l'shichra, the hops, you could make beer with it. What what shumshumi, you know, the, the sesame seeds, what are, they, what are they fit for? Nobody eats raw sesame seeds. So how using them to allow this work? He says, no. He says, because whenever you pull out sesame seeds, there are some that are already dried out enough, even though it's a minimal amount, there are some that are dried out enough that they could already be eaten. And therefore, you're allowed to pull it out of the ground. Rav Yanai Havalei had a pardes, an orchard, that it, the fruits ripened on Cholamayit. So what did he do? Sakatve, he picked off the fruits. Why? He felt that if he waited, they'll get ruined. It's going to be a, you don't need a Dover Ha'avid. You don't need to take a loss of principle. The Shana, the next year, Shayu Akule Alma, Le Parde Sayu. Everybody waited to pick the fruits from their orchard, the Chalud Mayada, until Chalamayid. It is. They saw their Rav doing it on Cholamayid. Now he had a reason for it, because it's going to be a Dover Ha'avid. But they don't know that. <clears throat> they said, all right, no big deal to pick fruits. You know what? Let's do it on Cholamayid. We have time off from work. You know, it, we're, we're home anyway. We got our family home from yeshiva. Yeah, it's Gavaldic. Best time to do it. Yeah? So what happened? Afkari Rav Yanai So Rav when he saw this, so he um, left his field for the poor and he didn't want to have anything to do with this because he realized that what he did was incorrect, kind of gave himself a little bit of a fine uh, and refused to take any sort of gain. Okay, next Mishnah. A person, if he's nervous that, that robbers and thieves are going to take his fruits, you let him bring your fruits into the house. So you let him bring your fruits into the house because of Ganovim. Because of, of uh, thieves, and also you're allowed to be shayla pishtonai. You can you can uh, lift up your flax minhamishra from their soaking so that they do not get ruined. Okay, so what do we see from here? Again, hefsid. 
Hefsed. You're not obligated to take any sort of loss. As long as that wasn't your kavana, as long as your kavana wasn't to do this specifically on chalamayid, it's allowed bekulon. And in all the situations, mkibnu malachta b'mayid, the is if you wait to do something specifically on chalamayid, you're obligated to take the loss. Says the Gemara, Tanu Lemtin Abraisa, Ubavachi Yachnes Betzinah Lezech Beisah. When you bring the fruits into your house, it's got to be done betzinah. It's got to be done privately. Abraisah, a story. Abraisah, Havalei Kishura, Reb Yosef had beans. I lay by mama and he brought them into his house during the day. Amalei Abai, Abai says, Fatanya, but we learned to the Braisa, Ubavad, right now, Abai was a Braisa student. He said, I, we learned to the Braisa, Vachi Yachnise, and Betsina Basach Pesai. You're going to do a Betsina. These are big beams, middle of the day. What are you doing? Amalei, as Rabbi says to him, Tsina, the Haniya Mamahu, that, you know, Tsina, it could also be done privately during the day. Because at night you need more people, it's a bigger avayda to shlep things at night. And you need people to hold the candles. So it makes a bigger deal. So he says that the, the thing is not to hide it necessarily, but you, when you bring it in, you're obligated to do it in the way that's going to make the least hubbalabu, uh, whatever they call it, right? The, the, the least noise. So at night, I got to get the workers, the candles, the this, everybody's watching. During the day, you pick up the beam and you walk inside. Right? It's a big, big zach in life as well. Sometimes by trying to be so quiet, you make a lot of noise. You know, you, by trying, sometimes you be a little too, too private. All of a sudden, everybody wants to know what's going on. Right? And if you keep things normal, keep things status quo, very often that is the most sneeze way to do something as opposed to you know, somebody who's overly from. People want to be very tznius when it comes to their dress. If it's not normal, everyone's going to look. Right? Tznius means not to create that sort of look. We're at the two dots, two lines from the bottom of the Yomud. Yud Bezim Abiz, we'll hold it here for today. Bezim, we will pick up from the bottom two lines tomorrow evening. Have a wonderful, wonderful night, everybody.